1: This is 105.9 The Region. I'm Tina Cortez with On The Market, York Region's only radio real estate show. My co-host and our real estate expert is Asif Khan with Remax Prime Properties. Good morning, Asif. Good morning, Tina. Asif, we're heading into the second half of the summer. What does it look like in terms of the real estate market?
2: The real estate market's been a little bit quiet over the uh, end of last month and the start of this month. And that is pretty much to have been expected, because as things opened up, Tina, as people started getting back out and about, enjoying the the remaining part of the summer before the kids actually go back into school, you're seeing a lot of people take staycations, vacations, and that has uh, affected the marketplace as it usually does at this time of year.
1: And what can you tell us specifically about some of the areas here in York Region?
2: So York Region, if you compare what happened in July, and we've been talking about this since January, February, we were saying by July, August, we're going to start to see negative numbers because last year, 2020, was such a strange year. It was backloaded. So all of the sales happened after June in 2020. Now we're back into a typical type of calendar year for the real estate industry. And what we're seeing is we had a lot of sales in the first half of the year. So from January to June, we were on fire. We had 14,000, over 14,000 sales at the end of July, which is very not typical. It's very typical. Usually at this time of the year, we would probably be about 9,000 sales per York Region, and that's going back to, say, like a 2019-2018 result. Last year, we only had 8,400, so that's why we saw a lot of sales at the tail end of the year last year, because we were on a pause, and this year, we came out guns blazing like we normally do.
1: And what about in terms of a specific town or city here in York Region? What does it look like?
2: If you're looking at, say, uh, you know, Markham, Vaughn, even Aurora, King, Newmarket, Richmond Hill, they've been pretty steady. I mean, Richmond Hill was actually up in July of 2021 uh, over last year. Most of the others were around where they were at. Last year in July, Tina, we had almost 2,000 sales in York Region for the month of July. This year we're down about 11% which is to be expected, but for the year, we're uh, probably up about uh, 80% uh, in terms of number of sales. And that is reflective of what's going to happen or what has happened over the past six months and what's going to happen in the next few months, because that is where we're going to see a lot of growth.
1: What about in terms of average price and type of property being sold? What can you tell us?
2: The average price in New York Region, pretty much all around York Region is over a million dollars right now. The single family detached sector is still leading the way. Last year there were one, two, three there was about five places in New York Region that were not above the million-dollar mark in terms of uh, average price, this year everything has appreciated. And and that's because there's not a lot of inventory. If you look at inventory numbers, we have half of what we had last year, and last year was a slow year for inventory. If you compare it to 2019, we had almost 5,000 properties for sale at this time, And right now, we have 1,890 properties for sale. So that's a huge, huge shift in terms of active listings, and that's contributing to multiple offers and bidding wars and driving up the price.
1: I'd like to get your take on a recent headline from the Financial Post. It read, It looks like Canada's hot, hot housing market has peaked earlier than expected. What's your take on that headline, and does that mean a crash is next?
2: I don't believe that crash is next or imminent or around the corner. There is pretty much no catalyst to cause a crash. And in terms of the market peaking, it depends on what they're looking at. If they're looking at monthly sales, then we're gonna to start to come down month over month. But if they're looking at annual sales, we're going to be probably the second or first busiest year uh, in Toronto real estate board history. So I don't think the market has peaked at all. I think there's a huge upside for the Toronto market and all of the sales and, and appreciation that have happened have been without foreign investment or people coming in, immigrants coming in. This is all domestic activity. Once we get the, Immigration going and foreign investors coming back in, you're going to start to see the market continue to appreciate.
1: And would you consider this then right now to be a buyer's or a seller's market?
2: This is definitely a seller's market, and there's no change in sight for that. If you look at what the prices were, the average prices, if you look at what they were at the beginning of the year to what they are now, buyers have lost. A lot of buying power if they didn't choose to purchase in the first six or seven months of this year and the longer they wait the harder it is going to be to afford a home
1: and what advice then do you have for someone just trying to get into the market at this time
2: you've got to get into the market with anything that you can afford don't look for that perfect home or the perfect opportunity Find something that will get your foot in the door. It could be a condo. It could be a smaller townhouse. It could be a condo townhouse. Get in, start making money on the appreciation of that property, and use that value, that equity that you will have saved up in a year or two or three, and use that to buy your dream home or your future home.
1: So it is still possible to find that dream home. What about those who think that, you know what, I think about that million dollar home and it doesn't get you a lot these days. How do I get my foot in the door and get my foot in that market?
2: You know, it doesn't get you a lot, that's for sure, especially in the GTA. But there's so many areas around the GTA that are affordable. We're selling uh, properties to people in the four hundred, five hundred thousand dollar range, just outside the GTA. It may mean that you're commuting for an extra thirty, forty minutes a day, but hey, if it gets your foot in the door into home ownership and you start building equity, it's going to be worth it in the end.
1: And what about trying to get into the market through the condo market?
2: The condo market is a great way for, especially for first time buyers or you know, uh, new buyers that want to get into home ownership, uh, it it is the most affordable way. Now, what you have to factor in is the condo fees as well, because that's going to affect your affordability or your pre-approval from the bank. So, make sure that the condo that you're choosing has relatively low maintenance fees, and those are mostly new condos uh, that you would be looking at. But if you can get into a condo The condo prices are going to continue to appreciate. We had a bit of a lull in condo prices early in 2020, but they're starting to bounce back. But there's still a a small window of opportunity if you're looking at condos, because inventory-wise, there's more inventory in condos right now than there is in detached homes.
1: Your final piece of advice as we head into this last half of the summer?
2: If you're a seller, it's best to get your home ready for the market over the next few weeks and get it on the market as soon as you can. There's a lot of people looking to buy that have missed out on opportunities. And we've been through multiple offer situations and bidding wars of 15, 20 offers, and what we're seeing is there's a lot of pent up frustration, and buyers are just going in and saying, fine, I'll just give them this price, and they're trying to scoop properties now. So if you're a seller, this is a great time. For you to get on the market. There's a lot of frustration out there, some, a lot of pent-up demand from buyers, and that's going to help you achieve your goal in terms of what you can get in terms of sales price. If you're a buyer, this is a great time for you to be looking at opportunities outside of the GTA, build some equity in those homes, and you'll be able to get into the market and your foot in the door.
1: After the break, home buying options when supply is low and prices are high. This is On The Market on 105.9 The Region. Stay with us.
0: Need to connect with Asif Khan from Remax Prime Properties? Call him, 416-985-Khan. That's 416-985-5426. Or email asif at thehomeshop.ca. Now, back to On The Market on 105.9 The Region.
1: On the Market is Back, I'm Tina Cortez, and this is York Region's exclusive radio real estate show. Over to my co-host, Asif Khan, from REMAX Prime Properties, with today's guest, Asif.
2: Thank you, Tina. Joining us is Christopher Alexander, Senior Vice President of REMAX Canada. Christopher, welcome back, and congratulations.
3: Thanks, Asif. And Tina, thanks for having me. Excited to be here.
2: As for the uh, Remax affordability report just came out, and there's some interesting findings in that report itself. You know, one of them is 54% of millennials and Gen Z are considering alternative ways to become homeowners. Can you touch on that and also some of the key points in the report?
3: Well, the interesting thing is how many markets are actually uh, priced very reasonably across Canada. And I mean, all, all the most of the headlines in the media, is, and and they are true, is how expensive, especially our major cities have become. And so, what this report, uh, what really stands out to me in this report is that there is um, really a lot of still a lot of really good opportunities for Canadians to enter the marketplace at a reasonable price point. Um, and you know, the the fifty four percent of millennials being creative to try to uh, pool resources to, to uh, purchase properties isn't really anything new. Uh, the buyers in, in, in the Canadian marketplace have been creative for years, and you know, things like buying with a friend or buying a home and renting out a room to help cover some of the expenses has been a trend we've seen. But to see this now, where prices are really at an all time high, especially in our major cities, is really encouraging.
1: And what can you tell us specifically about some of the more affordable regions across Canada?
3: Well, uh, Regina and Winnipeg have average sale prices uh, just in and around $300,000. Um, Ottawa, despite a 25-plus percent jump in prices, is still their average sale price is just over 500000 And with mortgage rates where they are today, uh, that is a very reasonable uh, price point to get into the market in Canada, and Ottawa is such a great city um, to live and work and raise a family, and I, I see it really continuing to attract a lot of buyers.
2: And I was surprised when I saw the number of Western cities and areas that came in you know, under the $200,000 average price point mark, but when you're looking east, St. John's seems to be at the top of the list.
3: Yes. Uh, St. John's has, you know, had a bit of a resurgence. Newfoundland has had very challenging economic times for pretty much the last decade up until recently. Uh, but, you know, I can't say enough about the city of St. John's. It is an incredible place to live. The culinary scene, the people, the landscape, uh, the weather can be challenging from time to time, but it's really a great place, place to live, and the people really make it. Um, but Canada is really in, has a golden opportunity right now, especially with the way demographics have changed with remote working. There are so many wonderful places to live across Canada, and we have to find ways to attract them to those places. And we've got to find ways to take pressures off our major cities like Toronto, Vancouver, and Montreal, because uh, as we're witnessing, being you guys are in New York region, You know, the amount of pressure we have on our inventory levels um, is creating a lot of challenges, but there are so many places across the country that offer a really good quality of life. They just need to, you know, think a little bit more outside the box.
1: And where are some of those hidden gems? Can you share them with us?
3: Well, Regina, Winnipeg, um, uh, again, Ottawa, Mm -hmm. although Ottawa is very, very competitive, um, Canmore, Calgary. Um, you know, any one of our major outlets in Canada has a great quality of life, and it, based on the uh, population for growth projections that we're, we're expected to grow by in Canada, there's going to be a, a big resurgence in some of these cities, and it's going to offer um, you know municipalities to generate some more revenue which will allow them to build even greater places for their their citizens to live.
2: And looking at the Housing Affordability Index, Christopher, I was shocked that Calgary came in as one of the most affordable in terms of the percent of monthly income you need for your mortgage. And that starts at 9.72% of your income in Calgary compared to Toronto at 47% or Vancouver at 50%. Do you see Alberta, Calgary, and Edmonton starting to have, you know, rejuvenation in terms of price points and, and, and also people moving out west because of this?
3: I think they could, but the challenge, uh, the challenge Alberta's always have is it's so heavily reliant on oil, and until the province diversifies its economic footprint. Uh, I, I can see it, you know, kind of hovering around the same price point, um, but gosh, I mean, they, they just have a more traditional, call it, real estate cycle where they have some years of really great price appreciation, other years of depreciation. Something that we're not really used to in the province of Ontario. Um, so, but it, you know, Alberta is, you know, probably my one of my favorite provinces in Canada. Uh, Just because of, you know, the playground that you have at your fingertips between the national parks and the mountains and, um, you know, the the culture out there is just incredible. So I can see it attracting a lot of people. But, uh, again, I think that unless the province begins to diversify its economic output, um, they will have, you know, continual uh, traditional real estate cycles.
1: And Christopher, why do you think buyers should consider expanding their boundaries beyond just thinking about the price point? Why should they think about some of these other areas across the country?
3: I think it really depends on what your, your lifestyle needs are and what your, your wants are and where you believe, depending if you're raising a family or you're, you've got a career or you're looking for work, a lot of that will play into where you where you want to live, and I think for people in southern Ontario or the greater Vancouver area, for example, it's, it's becoming increasingly challenging to afford a quality of life that you may have been used to growing up in the same area just because of how expensive things have become. And so exploring other areas that have a, a more affordable option for you to, to live in will allow you some more disposable income to spend on, on lifestyle things.
2: We've seen uh, the benefit of the low interest rates you know, help people get into housing over the last year or so. What do you think about the stress test and, and the ch- recent changes made to that in order to you know, keep things a little bit uh, tighter in the mortgage industry? And, and also, how does that play into housing affordability?
3: Well, I think it's it's being we're trying to be responsible with the stress tests. And there was a long time where I didn't think the level of stress testing. So the, the gap that you had to meet to qualify for a mortgage call it um, wasn't very reasonable just based on where interest rates were, uh, you know, projected to rise to, but now uh, considering where prices are going and, and, how afford how uh, how much buying power people have I, i'm I'm a fan of the stress test. it kind of aligns with our Canadian conservative banking uh, that really got us out of the two thousand and eight financial crisis and so I'm a fan of it. I think we have to be realistic in that interest rates are rock bottom right now, and they're only going to go up at some point and you factor in inflation It's really the only tool the government has to control inflation. So, uh, you know, I just caution people to be aware that interest rates really have one place to go, and that's up. So I, I think the stress test is a good way to kind of keep people in check.
1: And you've been quoted as saying creative solutions to achieve affordable home ownership will only take us so far, as will stopgap measures. Could you expand on this a bit, and what does it mean for the next generation of homebuyers?
3: Well, I've been a big proponent of having a national housing strategy. And while I'm a big supporter of the immigration levels the government hopes to achieve, you know, four hundred thousand new Canadians a year are gonna need a place to live and we already have tight supply constraints. And so what, what I mean by what that, that quote is that we need more than just buyers being creative. We need a strategy that's going to be able to house people. Otherwise we're going to continue to see inventory challenges, we're gonna to continue to see upward pressure on prices, and we need to find ways to attract people to other parts of the nation that are not named Toronto, Vancouver, or Montreal. And that's
2: a great point, Christopher, because as we await a national or even local housing strategy, that's going to determine affordability in a lot of these places moving forward. What are your recommendations for a national housing strategy, and how can we get the government listening?
3: Finding ways to Attract more developers because we only have a, 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 we have a limited capacity for output of units. Um, in in Ontario, it's about fifty thousand units a year. Nationally, it's about one hundred and fifty thousand. And so, right there, you've got based on immigration projected immigration levels, you've got you know a big gap in units. And so, we may need to find ways to attract foreign developers, uh, incentivize local developers to build um, larger units and more units and just kind of get rid of There's a lot of red tape in, in different municipalities, especially in southern Ontario, and building permits can take months and months and sometimes years to approve, and finding ways to speed speed up that process can help, but it's going to require all levels of government working together to come up with a strategy to meet the demands of the marketplace going forward.
2: And we could probably have this conversation uh, all afternoon long, but what are your final thoughts on housing affordability in Canada and what people can do to get into home ownership?
3: Well, I think, as I said, I mean, our, our major cities are going to be challenging for the foreseeable future. They um, have really come onto the world stage as far as a global center, uh, and a global city uh, caliber. and so, But there are so many other great places across Canada to live, and we've got to find a way to take pressure off of the three major cities so that um, we have more balance across the country.
2: And, Chris, if people want to read more about the affordability report, where can they find it? ca blog.remax.ca. Thank you so much for your time once again, and we look forward to having you on again.
3: Thanks so much for having me. I really enjoyed it. Take care.
1: Take take care. Bye-bye. When we come back, your questions for Asif Khan. This is On the Market on 105.9 The Region. Stay with us.
0: Need to connect with Asif Khan from REMAX Prime Properties? Call him, 416-985-Khan. That's 416-985-5426. Or email asif at thehomeshop.ca. Now, back to On the Market on 105.9 The Region.
1: Welcome back to On the Market, York Region's exclusive radio real estate show on 1059 The Region. Time now for our listener questions. And we begin in Thornhill with a question from Leah. She wants to know if she can withdraw from her RSPs to help with a down payment. Asif, what do you think?
2: You sure can, Leah. And you'd have to talk to your accountant, see what you have available and how much. You have to pay that back within a certain number of years. And again, an accountant would be able to schedule those payments uh, or repayment with you and also be able to tell you how much you can take out of your RRSPs. Now, I know that uh, the Interior Real Estate Association has been trying to get that limit raised so that people can use more of their RRSPs. You know, we'll keep you posted on what's happening with that, but it's a great way to save for your down payment or even to have your down payment available is by borrowing it from your
1: RRSPs. And is that limited to just first-time buyers?
2: It is, and right now it is. I and mean, we're trying to get that uh, changed as well by lobbying the government to allow anyone to use it. But we've had a couple of first-time home buyers this year tap into their RRSPs to borrow for their down payment. And, you know, it's it's almost hidden money because you're contributing to this year after year, and you make that decision to purchase a home, and you're wondering where that money is going to come from. And it's a good way to be able to have that money, make some money for you over the years, and then be able to tap into it to take it out.
1: Our next question is from Steve in Richmond Hill. He writes, I'm planning to sell my home this fall, but I want to know what to do if I don't agree with the selling price my agent suggests. Uh-oh. oh <laughs>
2: and that probably happens 90% of the time, and it's up to the agent to provide you with reasoning behind why the selling price should be the selling price. And, you know, a lot of people, they get caught up in what their neighbors received in terms of value for their home. There could have been different circumstances that contributed to that sale price for your neighbors. It could have been multiple offers. It could have been no inventory at the time. There's so many different reasons why a certain home, will get more than a neighboring home. Some people don't like corner houses. Some people love corner houses. Some people don't like pools. Some people love pools. So it really depends on who's out there looking for a home, what's out there in terms of inventory, and why homes command what they do. The best way to do this is to look at the market price in your area. Look at the last three sales and the last three listings that have come up. Get rid of the highest and the lowest, and now you've got a good base a good foundation to make your decisions by and a good realtor will be able to point these things out to you and come up with a a price point that works. If you price it too high, the home's going to sit on the market and people will start to wonder what's wrong with it. If you price it too low, you're going to end up with multiple offers anyway. So you'll always get market value for your home. If you price it $100,000 too high, the buyers are savvy and they know the comps. So they will always come in at market value if you price it too high and if you are able to get that price the home may not appraise so there's so many different factors that go into a price point it's best to have a, a discussion with the realtor and come up with a solution and be uh, you know make everyone happy
1: now steve suggested that he wants to sell his home this fall what can he do right now to increase the value of his home Just make sure
2: it's decluttered, make sure that you have a fresh coat of paint, your lights are all working, make it as bright and inviting as possible, Uh, curb appeal, you know, moving into the fall, we start to see, uh, you know, leaves starting to fall and things like that, so you want to make sure that the curb appeal, uh, it invites people in, you don't have leaves lying around, you don't have, you know, uh, make sure your grass and everything is up to par with the neighbours, and just clean up, and once you do that, your home will start to look a little more inviting than even your neighbours, and that will invite people in and give them that first impression, that wow factor.
1: And what about those minor repairs or some touch-up and paint touch-ups, those kinds of things? Perhaps paint, you know, throughout the home. What do you think about those ideas? Is it too much of an investment? Yeah,
2: great. No, no, that's a great idea. It's not too much of an investment. It's, you're making your home inviting. A lot of people have different colors like if they have daughters, they might have pink rooms or blue rooms for their kids. Make sure it's neutral. So when people come in, it's you're attracting a wider audience to your home and and making it so that they can envision themselves in the house. Not necessarily, you know, the the home that you've built for yourself and decorated for yourself. You have to think of it from a mainstream audience and make sure that you're appealing to the masses.
1: As a reminder, you can send your questions anytime to info at 1059theregion.com. But Asif, if our listeners have more questions and prefer to contact you directly, how can they do that?
2: Okay, you can always contact me at 416-985-CON. That's 416-985-5426.
1: That's our show for this week. If you missed any part of On the Market, go to 1059theregion.com. Thanks for listening.